Thank you for joining us at the New Utah Podcast. Before today's show begins, I'd like to apologize for the length at some level. Uh, it is about an hour and 40 minutes long. We talked about splitting this up into two shows to keep more consistent with our timing, but I think this particular show being long is okay. Uh, we had the pleasure of speaking with, through the whole show, Misty K. Snow, the Utah Democratic nominee for Senate. Uh, she is an incredibly knowledgeable and intelligent person. She has some, some great points. And uh, we just thought we should keep it all together for you guys. Uh, please enjoy this. And, and if you like Misty K. Snow, get out and vote in the election uh, this November. Uh, feel free to go to mistykaysnow.com and vote for, uh, excuse me, <laughs> donate some campaign money, donate some time. Uh, even if it's just a couple of dollars, every little bit helps. Uh, and get out and vote this November. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Misty K. Snow for U.S. Senate. Uh, if you live in the state of Utah, she will be on your ballot. There is no district for Senate races. So feel free to uh, get out, vote. Again, MistyKSnow.com if you'd like to help her out. Shut up and sit down. No wiki. There was no wiki. Wow. No, I thought it there, I did it for you. Unintentionally. <laughs> well, uh, welcome to the New Utah Podcast. Apparently, Josh has given up on wiki wiki wow. No, I'm broadening my wiki horizons. Uh, Thank you. It was very classy. I wiki is you, old hat. I even had you put on headphones this time, and you still couldn't do it. Uh, I, I made it happen. It was just a different sort of happen. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Okay. Which, which, by the way, we're happy to have Chris back. Let, let's let's we missed let's you. That, yes. Yeah. Let's let's be clear here because the whole episode last time was nothing but. Oh, we've got Chris number two. We don't need the first Chris. <laughs> Chris two was pretty awesome, and we tried to renew his contract so we could kick you out for good, but unfortunately, he was tied up most nights. He's so. delivering mail. Yeah. So. My guess is he didn't have enough patience to listen to your horrible jokes. Whoa, dude! He laughed twice. <laughs> he did laugh. I didn't that. Chuckled once. No, no. I you listened didn't see to the it, whole thing several were, times. Were jolly like Santa Claus the whole night. I may have been away, but I had to listen to that thing like so, twice. So I do have to ask: Did you find any Yeti? Because that's what we were assuming. You were out hunting uh, Yeti. Well, the week before, I, I was at the Matterhorn at least once. Um, so you did pass a Yeti. Yeah, actually a couple. They jumped out at me in a cave. See, um, I was right. You laughed at me when I said he was chasing Yeti. Did you pee yeah. your pants? We all put, took money down on you peeing your pants. Uh, no, but I got very wet on Bear River Rapids. Okay, well, Jeremy wins. I, I said you'd pee. Yeah, I, that's... I want my $5. Yeah, I'm not incontinent. <laughs> it's not... Well, onto the show. He's this not is, as old uh, as you guys. <laughs> this is the new Utah podcast. This is a uh, lucky episode number thirteen. Welcome to Utah. Ooh. They said we'd never make it. Uh, no, we made it despite last week's episode. Uh, <laughs> train wreck comes to mind, yeah. but a pleasant train wreck—the kind where everybody lives. Honestly, I'm surprised Jeremy's here since we were supposed to have his replacement. Oh, that's right—you were supposed to have my replacement. Josh, tonight. I think my replacement spree. is here tonight. By the way, yes, it is. Your replacement is here, Jeremy, and we just wanted to tell you as a group, kind of an intervention, like Ms. in person, will be replacing you. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for all the contributions, and uh, get your check at the door. So, this is my last episode, I guess. <laughs> Probably so. Why don't we go ahead and start with you then? Go ahead and introduce yourself. 
one final time. My last episode. So I'm Jeremy Gates, Utah transplant, and I just want to go on record by saying I am ready for all things pumpkin spice. Uh, And we won't let you go. uh, Well, we may not have a choice because he may finally succumb to the toxic algae. As true, it's back. That is, it is it's back. True. It's back. See, last week we thought the scare was over. Oh no, the algae is back with a vengeance. Yeah, so we do a follicle check at the beginning of every episode to make sure that Jeremy's hanging on for dear life. It's touch and go. I'm not gonna lie. I'm three follicles down, and I don't think those fell out in the shower. If you know what I mean, I'm winking at you, so podcast who does listeners. That, who does that follicle check, Josh? Well, you very close and personal. And who are you? Wow. Oh, hold on. It's Moscow Mule delivery time. Yeah, not for you this time. I usually make them. Don't refill that. You just need to make me one. Just give him some ginger beer. Go into the light. He won't know the difference. I will. (laughs) I have a discerning taste palate. So, back to introductions. So, Josh, I was trying to, you know, slyly introduce you, but you don't pick up on hints after two mules. No, well, after zero mules, I don't pick up on hints. So, I'm Josh Butterfield, local entrepreneur and also political activist. And I, friends, am delighted today for the opportunity that lies before us. We are at a pivotal... Oh. I'm, oh, God. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Anyway, I'm Josh. Um, so we also have with us, because uh, I'm tired of listening to you, <laughs> Jessica. Uh, Hi. Yes, that is myself. Here and I am. We've actually cleverly positioned this time as far away from Josh as possible in the room. I know, so I can't growl and creep her out like I normally do. <laughs> True. Uh, I am Chris. I am your host and pod administrator. I am a... Uh, Non-Utah native, but I love this state. I love everything about it. Well, most everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, with us today, we have a very special guest, actually. Uh, Misty Snow is with us, the uh, Utah Democratic nominee for U.S. Senate. Ooh, hello. That, I'm Misty Snow. I'm, I am a Utah native. I've lived in the state of Utah my entire life, and now I'm running for U.S. Senate, and I'm going up against Mike Lee. And you're going to kick, kick his, his ass. ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the plan. Mike Lee, <laughs> in a very professional <laughs> political format, can suck it. See, we are all on the same page with uh, you. Let me, let me be clear, because I don't need to be politically correct. It does need doesn't need to be in a political manner. Mike Lee can just suck it. He probably already has. Yeah. Uh, do you do you know? I emailed him one time because of something he had put together, and one of his staff members wrote me back this totally non-answer answer, and I just like I said, can Mike Lee respond to me, please? Because this bullshit, pardon the expression, this hush, this pucky beep bullshit you have to beep but you can tell him to suck it and that he can kiss your well, yeah suck it could mean a watermelon i mean those are delicious right in the summertime <laughs> trudy agrees uh so anyway suffice to say i am not pleased that at was all it. that's it well i could go more i, we, I will go more we'll, later we'll probably talk about it later <laughs> uh so we're gonna go ahead and uh, just go through the show as normal um we have some events coming up this week you use that is, word uh, normal well, you know, I haven't been here for a week, and things just went to hell in a handbasket. So, uh, this weekend coming up, uh, it is the twenty twenty fourth. Well, twenty third as we record this. So. Jess, what's going on this week? Well, we have quite a few events going on, starting with the Utah Renaissance Festival down at Thanksgiving Point. 
You can go to Utah Ren Fair. That's fair with an E at the end. Dot org. It is but a flesh wound. It is but a flesh I've wound. I've had worse. <laughs> From the 26th and the 27th. Um, it, there are a lot of events like jousting. There's going to be some. Uh, there is a Belarusian medieval band, which is pretty I don't know awesome. what that is, but I, I don't want either, to see but it. it sounded amazing. But I want one. It means they're from Be- Belarus, Belarus. Or, Be- or maybe spe- uh, seen in the Belarusian language. Uh, see? Belarus Rus is a country in Europe. It's right north of Ukraine, uh, borders Russia. And what Ukraine. do you think this music would Holy be like shit, then? you're smart. I mean, wow, that's awesome because I didn't know that. Existed. I think you were supposed to say that swell. I mean, it's a family golly, show. Golly, that's, that's the swellest thing I've heard yet, um, man. For the men, for the manly men, yes. there's going to be, well, and for the women, to watch the manly men. Well, and some uh, women. Combat League, live steel, sword, battle. That's, that's pretty cool. amazing. That's cool. They don't have that at the Shakespearean Festival, do that's they? Cr- no, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's $12 for adults, $8 for children. Uh, they do have a VIP dinner show with jousting. Do they have turkey legs at this yes. VIP dinner and beer? Yes. Oh, I don't know if there's beer because it's at Thanksgiving point and they don't usually have a liquor oh, license that's there, true. Uh, which is why they're working on moving the Scottish Festival next year. Yeah, um, that was sad. More on no that later. The Scottish Festival. Yes. Well, except um, for the bootleg stuff. Yes. Well, I'm, really, I'm when a, you think of Scottish, that's the only thing you think of, right? Right. Well, let's let's be honest. The bootleg stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Speaking of beer, it is also, we talked about last week, the Beer Fest this weekend Ooh. at the Utah State Fairgrounds. VIP tickets have been sold out for a while. Yeah, for like two or three weeks they've been yeah. sold out. So but podcast listeners, I'll tell you what happened. We posted our podcast and people said, what? Beer Fest VIP tickets? It sold out like five minutes later. Thank you, Jess. We're cruising down right now and we're buying that stuff. That's what and we called it. Uh... Where's our cut of this Beer Fest monies? I want to know. I don't know that there's a lot of Beer Fest monies to be had. I'll take yeah. my cut in beer. I'll take my cut in beer too. Pretty 150 pleased. different beers from around the world. Yes, please. How many yes. local? Um, it. I didn't see that listed. To be honest with I you. would guess half, probably <laughs> local. We have um, so no, probably I would say probably about twenty or thirty. Would Which, be by the way, I just want it? to I, I just yeah. want to add. So are they not fifty beers? Yeah, Somewhere. I mean that's a lot of beer, but we have you know Red well, Rock and you, Wasatch I mean, released Wasatch their pumpkin ale this uh, last weekend. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Wasatch pumpkin ale. That is one of my favorite seasonal I, beers. It is delightful, and it does not taste like pumpkin spice, but it's good. Which is why it's so good. Um, another awesome event that's happening this weekend is the Lost 80s concert at the Sandy Amphitheater that Josh really <laughs> thinks he can't go to for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. What? Well, Take his it. band in the 80s. The problem yes. is his keytar is broken right now. Hey, so. hey, keytars are awesome. Howard Jones used one and it was awesome. <laughs> Things can only get ba- okay, so I know every one of these bands. And I Emotion, Wang Chung, New Shoes, <laughs> Flock of Seagulls. So, no, we had this discussion earlier off air these are all one hit wonders i want you to sing almost and you said they almost all have two hits so i want both of them new shoes does not have two hits one they have they have one one which was two bands sing it josh i can't wait i'm getting some backup snapping i can't wait and the video was what about their second one no, None? they didn't have they a second didn't one. Have a second okay, one, next band. But maybe they'll do a cover of Guns N' Roses. Yeah, so let's hear you sing some Flock of Seagulls. And this is actually a dream of mine to hear Josh sing Flock of Seagulls. 
Wish I had I'm a sorry, photograph of you. <laughs> Come on. It's the laryngitis. Oh, if only that were true. <laughs> so Monday, Monday the 29th. Oh, wait. I almost forgot something really important since I have three very handsome gentlemen with beards sitting in front of me. Uh, but Oktoberfest this weekend on the 27th from 12 to 5 is the beard and mustache competition. All right. Let's be honest. Josh has. Oh, wait. He doesn't. He has like a goatee. Like, think of Orlando Bloom if the mustache moved to the chin. I this table up right in front of our esteemed guest here. And Jeremy, this Jeremy is not the Real Housewives called, of Kearns. What's called, you know, cultured laziness. Like, he's only got a beard because he's lazy. He, no, are you kidding? He's got the salt and pepper. It's like, beautiful. To a, to yeah, a George look, Michael He didn't dye his beard. He's just old. That is true. <laughs> he's got like 17 kids, and they're making his freaking beard white. <laughs> <laughs> That's Isn't not it? True. I have four. Okay. <laughs> well, there's a category for everyone, even women and kids up there. So even if women you wanna... and kids with beards. Yes. There's a category for them. Yes. So Josh would fit in the children category, right? Or the woman. He's got. I don't know. I apologize for my friends. <laughs> <laughs> there's scallywags in there. Uh, you know, um, when we were talking about beer fest. I don't want people to forget uh, Oktoberfest is actually going on right now. Too. Yes. Um, and that goes through basically the first weekend in October and then the ninth. Yep. Uh, Oktoberfest, for whatever reason, doesn't actually exist in October. So. Do you know why Germans are so cool? Because October lasts for almost three months there. Imagine Halloween lasting for like three months. <laughs> Bam! Halloween with beer. Look, so like candy and beer and Germans. We live in Utah, so <laughs> if Halloween falls on a Sunday, it does last like four days. It's true. And I celebrate all four of those yeah, days. Because I live downtown Salt Lake. We usually get trick-or-treaters both the Saturday and Sunday. Because and there's sometimes a, there's the a, there's day, the, right? There's the LDS trick-or-treaters who come on Saturday. And then there's the rest of the trick-or-treaters. The rest of the world. <laughs> and it's just like, what? Just, just I'll do it on Sunday. It yeah. just makes Wait, it. <laughs> you get trick-or-treaters? I get maybe two. In, in the hood. You live in, in sorry, West Stabbington. And you How live it, at the end of the damn airport. Is it good downtown? Like, are there a lot of kids that go out? It depends on the year. It's, I mean, there were some, there were more in uh, years past. I mean, the last few years, not as Trunk many. or treat has ruined Halloween. Yeah, the parking lot thing. Well, and it's, it's unfortunate. I grew up in a small town, so we all trick or treated. Did I we just you? knew what house to stay away from. So have I told you guys about my punk or treat? thing so what i do is i have someone like do the trunk or treat but they put me in the trunk and my pants are off and so when the kids come up <laughs> no okay that's not really a thing but so pretty soon trunk or treat will also be banned that's, that's not trunk or, that's saturday night josh that's, that's just uh, that's just any saturday night that's yeah. a i love me. I, i'm pretty sure we are not ever gonna have guests believe, here josh. again <laughs> Josh, I'm pretty sure that's a class A misdemeanor. Misty will spread the word and she'll be like, don't. No, Misty podcast, is laughing. Please. She's frolicking. She's enjoying herself. I think that's Frolicking great. in that chair. It's perfect. Uh, it's a semi-frolic. RSL does have a game this week. Uh, we're getting in that last little bit of the season. Uh, the game is on Friday night at about 6 o'clock, I think, is when kickoff is. So it's early. It's nationally televised on Unimas. They're playing Colorado, right? And they are playing the rivals Colorado, who for the first time in probably four or five years is actually good at the same time we are. So uh, they're number two. We're number three in the West. So it'll be a pretty big match um, if you want to go. Do you follow any local sports, Misty? I'm not really much of a sports fan. I, you know, kind of... Uh, 
occasionally hear about it, but I don't really follow it, no. It's, it's pretty cool knowing Chris and Bree, his lovely wife, and she is very cool. Um, but, like, you come over on a game day, and they're wearing their real underwear and, like, their real, like, bondage gear. That. It's pretty... You say that jokingly, but I'm telling you, Bree has game day panties. <laughs> they're not real Salt Lake panties. They're Are they just, lucky panties? They're lucky panties. They get washed every week. Don't worry She's about gonna that. She's going to love that you're talking about this. They're really nice panties, too. But they're only worn on game days. The best thing about the word panties is that you can physically not say it without smiling and to some degree. Oh, panties it's such a great word. Just, I think it forces word. a smile. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the room is now very, I very happy. I think we're actually laughing. I think we're laughing at him. Probably. You're probably right. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Thank you, Whiskey Sour. I mean, uh, anything else, Jess? Uh, um, if you would like on Monday the 29th to make a decision, you can either be serenaded by Boys to Men or go get your socks rocked off at heart with Joan Jett heart. and heart. Trick. Okay, so we know Jeremy and, and Josh's decision, Jess. Um, I will actually be attending Heart on Monday okay. evening. Misty, if you had a choice, it will be the fourth time I've Boys seen them. Boys to Heart. Boys to Men or Heart. Um, I guess Heart. I'm not really a listener to either of those bands. I try to understand. <laughs> He's a magic uh, man. But now you are. <laughs> that was Heart. Only pretend it was good, and that's what Heart sounds like. Even with Boys that, to we're sorry about Philly. that, Misty. Yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with that song. I just I'm the soul not boys. like it's not. They're both kind of before my time. So, so who do you love to listen? Well, we're to? old. <laughs> you know, I listen to a lot of like electronic dance music. Listed like neoclassical music a lot. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of like the, a lot of '90s Euro dance music. Oh, nice. Good stuff. Yeah, good that stuff. is good stuff. Like I have KMFDM. Um, not like, but like, uh, stuff like, uh, she said Eurodance. Eurodance. Dude, like, Germany is in Euro. Hello. That's not dance. That's more, that's more industrial. Industrial, yeah. I dance to it like this. Yeah, and, and the people for those of you at home who can see, Josh is dancing. Have no, you I'm actually talk- have you seen in Santa Claus the robot Santa dance? That's what Josh just looked like. What are some of the bands that you love? Let's talk about it's like so you're down to stuff like Magic Affair and uh, uh, like Snap was big on Eurodance. Uh, like that, that was my second CD I ever owned. Just wait, so wait, you know. wait, hold on. Say, say, uh, say, Tragic Affair, whatever that one was again. Magic Affair. French, just a father from France. Ow. So you know what my uh, two unlimited. My, oh yeah, my first nice. cassette tape that I ever owned. Got a boombox with a cassette tape. Tape player when I was a kid. This is rather embarrassing for me, but it was uh, Backstreet Boys. You. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet's back. No, not, not, All not right. Backstreet Boys. New kids on the block. New kids. That was my oh, first Backstreet concert. Boys I was, was nine. Tough. Yeah. And it was their first album, I think. So true story. Um, this was like maybe 10 years ago. So new kids on the block are like 80s. Like 1989. Late 80s, early 90s. Somewhere in there. So the the girl I was dating at the time, her niece, who had to have been maybe twelve, and this is right right when uh, I don't know which one is it that the the Heat guys I don't know, but Johnny she, Wahlberg. Yeah. So she found a uh, a new band and she found my cassette tape of New Kids on the Block and thought it was a new band and listened to it and loved the new boy band that she heard. That's Very awesome. Nice. Like it could Way have been to some, influence some someone musically. Um, bop. Mm, bop. Doop, 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 doop. 
All right, we, I think we're done with music. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm... I am done with Josh singing. That's for sure. Let's talk about liquor. You tell okay, liquor laws. Let's talk about liquor. Booze. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. You know, one last thing, just to mention, it is next weekend, not this coming weekend, but Comic Con uh, at first, the Salt Palace at the Convention Center. If you don't have your tickets, get them before uh, before you go. They're cheaper. There were only about 50 VIP tickets left as of last week. Yeah, they had sold, what, 50,000 a couple weeks ago. They announced 50,000 tickets, so I'm sure it'll sell out again. So and I actually have two panels at this, this year's Comic-Con. I almost always – last the last time the Comic-Con came is the first time I've missed. Um, but I have two panels this time. I have one on uh, tabletop gaming with a budget, so it's pretty cool. Um, and also 70s comic books, which is kind of an extension on the comic book cold code. 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 Thank you. I have a little the bit of a cold. Um, but both will be pretty exciting. So come see me. Say hi. Um, flip me the, uh, the, the, the bird. You know, the blue bird of and happiness. Next week, next week we'll have those times so you can actually see when those panels are here, when those panels are for Josh. So. All right. So uh, Utah. We like talking about Utah's liquor laws. It's always um, they're always entertaining. Entertaining. And fun. Misty, so, when you get elected, can you please change that? Well, well it's part of the Utah liquor laws. It's more of a state legislative <laughs> issue. Darn it. So hopefully, I just, I just thought I'd hopefully you there. guys can really help get the word out about my campaign. That generates a lot of excitement, which helps get more Democrats elected down the ballot to our state legislature. Yes. That would be the best case scenario because that's the best way to change the liquor laws to get some Democrats who uh, who don't uh, have this really conservative view on alcohol. Well, and that's what I always say. It's not just the general election. Sure, we want you to go out and vote now. But really what you want to vote for is those local officials, those those state representatives, those state uh, senators uh, that are your, in, in your districts, even your city council members. Those are the really important pieces for these type of and, laws. And regarding your comments, Misty, I'll drink to that. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I just want to state from a, from a political standpoint, um, the reason I am so in your corner is, is, is because – your agenda and your platform so perfectly aligns with my agenda and my platform that I want to see changed. Um, but I'm getting way ahead of myself. You are. We haven't even done I'm news so, yet. I'm so excited for the interview portion. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm done. Okay. Well, it's good to be excited. News. Oh, boy. More fake sound effects. <laughs> uh, I need to get a sound box so you can have real sound effects. That was Josh's job. read you to filth. At one point. I'm actually totally going to be taking Josh's job away from him. I'm actually working on that. So. Thank God. So Utah has – one of the things that's difficult – in the state of Utah, um, getting a liquor license, period, for anything. So getting a permanent liquor license as a restaurant or a bar uh, and getting, you know, temporary well, permits. And we've talked about it before. Even in established wineries and bars, for them to do tastings is nearly impossible in Utah. Yeah, so getting a special event permit is, is a big deal as well. It's very difficult to do. It's kind of a pain in the butt. And when you think about festivals that go on in other states – um, they're able to obtain liquor permits that allow them to do, you know, essentially whatever they want within reason. Um, in the state of Utah, though, when you get a, a liquor permit um, for a, it's called a one-time event permit, it's actually good for up to 12 times, uh, uh, which are 72-hour periods, yeah, I yeah, think, of being combined. Yeah. Um, so Park City, um, there's a, a market up there called the Park Silly Market goes on. It's like a little art farmer's market. 
Yeah, and, and they actually got into some trouble. So they have about 14 weeks mm-hmm. uh, that they run, and these are only good for 12. Wait, did you just say Art Farmer's Market? Like, what kind of art farmers, <laughs> what what do you grow as an art farmer? Uh, Paintbrushes? Acrylics? You grow Oils? Pastels? Oh. The defense restaurant. Your imagination. Canvas? You grow canvas? Um, sometimes clay? Earthen clay. Some sand, maybe. You're checking your watch to see how long I'm going to keep going here, Josh? I'm just changing my watch face because they're cool. Uh, no one can hear you unless you're talking to the mic. Yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway. They some trouble. Um, they were actually... So what they had been doing, um, they uh, got around this, this issue by having one of their vendors pick up a single event permit. Uh, and then they would tie that in, and that kind of let them fill out for 12 weeks. And uh, they actually said that the DABC told them that they should do that to get around the legislation. Dun, dun, dun. Which is interesting to me, well, because the DABC, they're usually sticklers on the law. Every I mean, once in a while, though, you hear a story where the DABC actually does something sort of cool, kind of. Because I think a lot of them realize how ridiculous the, the rules are here. They it, wanted to be the hero. But, you know, I think... I think, if I'm not mistaken, those exceptions in which they are kind of the hero of the people are happening more and more frequently. So I think they're part of the growing change that is the new Utah. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. They're not the only ones that face this issue. Oktoberfest, which we just talked about. Right. Has, last has year it was problems. a huge issue, and Oktoberfest almost did not happen. Well, la- yeah, last this. year they actually almost got rid of these type of permits so, for that reason. So for t- to, su- to summarize this one, for two weekends... They cannot serve their normal cocktails. They have to go to the 3.2 beer for two weekends out of this event in order to maintain their liquor license. And who knows? Next year, that beer selection could be rather small. Well, based, yeah. <laughs> based off what we were talking about a couple, a couple weeks, weeks ago with, yeah. with the way the beer is going, there's a good chance that a lot of the, the larger beers are going to pull out. And they're not even going to be selling them in Utah anymore, which is good for the local beers, but it's... It's not good for the overall economy. Wait, does that mean I ain't going to get my Nick Michelob Ultra? No, you'll still probably get that crappy beer. Oh, thank goodness. You won't, America! You won't see some of the other stuff that we, we do get in the liquor store. Well, like Sam Adams and some of that stuff's going to be harder well, to get. Well, we don't get Sam Adams anyway. Well, only in the liquor store. Um, you, what you won't see is, for instance, the uh, the 3.2 Mike's Hard Lemonades probably. Because it's yeah, not a big enough. So hard to find the get the WalMarts. Yeah, um, a lot of the a lot of the smaller breweries that we see stuff from up in Idaho, uh, from Washington, Oregon that comes down, you won't see those produce three point two either. So I'll miss. I'll, I think I'll miss those. That was like like a Huckleberry Cream Ale. That, that one we tried. Ooh, that was probably good. won't see that one come back down. A um, couple updates on some stories as well that, that we've kind of been following. So we talked a bit about uh, Facebook potentially coming out to West Jordan. Was it West Jordan or West Valley? West Jordan. West Jordan. West Jordan. Um, that's done. Terminated. Shut down. Terminated. Some of the strongest language you can use legally was used in this situation. Go ahead and quote it because I can't really do it right now. But it's super strong language. It's like head. It's like Facebook is a poo head and we in West Jordan do not like poo heads. Ergo. Well, um, they use the word ergo. It said, all negotiations between the company known as Discus and the city of West Jordan are hereby terminated. I think it's that one guy drinking 5.3 million gallons of water <laughs> got, every day. It sounds it sounds fantastic. <laughs> and we talked about this before, but uh, Facebook, Facebook building a data center here and employing like four people. 
Well, that's the problem. And well, then if, wanting a huge tax. If it would have brought 700 jobs, whole different ball game. But where we're talking no jobs. Or and they want four. us to tax exempt them. What's yeah, that going to benefit the people? Yeah, and people were concerned about one. To what it being a lot of jobs, the water usage was uh, estimated to be high. And it became like a real campaign issue uh, for the county mayor's race, Ben McAdams, for running for re-election. He was making that a campaign issue because it polling show it wasn't very popular. Uh, to have it there, so I think that's why it got next. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when people like like poor Jeremy over here are about to lose his secondary, about water to lose to my water anyway, algae. and then Facebook needs five point three million gallons a day. Yeah, well, they could probably use the algae water from Utah. Well, we can Lake give it to back. them. Hey, I've seen Waterworld. Okay, I know that's a possible reality so in got... the future, and I am disturbed. Okay, well, let's be clear. If you want to talk about climate change, that's probably going to happen. Or I do want to talk about climate change. Later. Not Steve. now. Later. Oh, okay. Okay. Go to the interview. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but the algae is back. It was gone for, I think, all of about Two 24 weeks, hours. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but it's back. Jeremy out. still Checking has a beautiful head Does of hair. Does it surprise anyone that that lake's back to being disgusting again? But it's not no. just that lake. They named three other lakes that they're watching right now. East yeah. Lake is one of them, and I can't remember Which the other ones. Which wasn't affected before, Correct. so it's new lakes. Have yeah. they figured out what's causing it yet, though? I don't think they know still what's actually causing the blooms to We're occur. We're shaking our heads no, like you can see it. Yeah, it's well, the one ring to rule them all. Uh, <laughs> also, we've been talking a little bit about what RSL is doing. They did break ground. Was it today or yesterday? Today, today. I believe today. Out in Harriman for the new uh, training facility. It's going to be where they move their academy. Most of their office stuff is going to be out there in Harriman. It's a huge facility. Don't look at me. I'm looking at you. You're looking at me like... I'll cut you. That's why we're in West Abington, and that's how you're looking at me. <laughs> so how do you... Of course I'm going to react to that. <laughs> um, some stuff going on in Saratoga Springs. Again. Uh, Still. In that whole yes. area, Saratoga Springs, Eagle Mountain, which is like do, West Valley to Taylorsville. I mean, it's it's really... They're the same place. No, they're not. And no, they're, different they're, county. <laughs> but they're right next to each other. They don't play well. I actually work in Taylorsville, and Saratoga Springs is not that close to Taylorsville. No, no, to Eagle Mountain. No, Eagle Mountain, yeah. Yeah. So I don't like either of those areas. And I know you live out there. But the stars are so beautiful. Yeah. For now. (laughs) Would you say that the stars at night are big and bright? No, this is not. Deep in the heart of Utah. (laughs) Uh, So so a few years ago, uh, 2012, uh, there was a wildfire, a huge wildfire. I don't know if any of you remember it. Oh, I um, remember it well. We all remember that. Unless you weren't you weren't living in Utah yeah. at the time, but that yeah. became like the start of this scare. And we've greatly restricted fireworks usage that year because everyone was because it, it was really, well, it was dry, really and dry, dry, and everybody's yeah. like, "Oh no, no more fireworks!" Like, well, and that's the that's the blaze that came over the mountain yeah. and threatened most of Harriman. Yep. And got really close to home. Was I the only one that broke out the That's hot dogs and marshmallows? Oh, was it a different? Oh, because so, that was yeah, started so, by the... So the I dump, was ready to rock and the roll. The dump fire was on the mountain that is just west of Utah Lake. That's right. That's um, right. And this one actually was next to my house. And that morning that I left for work, I put all my valuables in my car, not knowing what I was going to be coming home to. But it was also a really cool experience because I got to uh, work at the firehouse and we fed the firefighters while they were out. So it was very humbling. $2.5 million, by the way, um, worth of federal funds to, to take care of this fire. So it was a costly one. It was a very costly fire. So, uh, the people that caused the fire, the two guys that were out shooting that caused the fire, 
um, have agreed to settle. At least one of them has agreed to settle. Um, he's paying thirty five thousand out of his pocket, and then Farmers Insurance Company is going to pay a hundred thousand. Now wait a minute. What were they shooting that would cause such a wildfire? Were they shooting flamethrowers or just like regular, just regular ammunition? It's just yeah. the cheatgrass in the summertime. It gets dry because you don't have a lot of rains after like the middle of June, like July, August. There's no rain, and that's so it's really dry. And it just uh, caught cut a little spark, and then it goes up in flames. So a couple of hillbillies went up there and started blasting away with their AK-47s because America and a spark. <laughs> Said, you know what? Gun laws, people. Gun laws. Well, this they, is why you should go to like a actual shooting range and not out in the boonies. Hell yeah, that way you're to not going to yes. start fires that uh, cause the evacuation of a thousand homes. Yeah, and if you've ever been to the area where this fire was, that's all it is out there. Well, the thing is, ba- back in the 80s and 90s when there were no houses out there, that's Everyone all. shot out there. I haven't. I couldn't even tell you how many people tell me. There's so many old. How TVs many and Jack Rabbit and... they shot out there? <laughs> yeah. Because so. animals ain't got feelings, they... and they need to get shot. I don't know they, they created some laws restricting some of that. I know there's some so areas they, that are restricted. Yeah, now. they created some restricted areas throughout those hills in Eagle Mountain and over into Saratoga Springs. Um, but it is still an ongoing issue. There was actually a situation a couple weeks ago in Eagle Mountain that people were shooting illegally, and it almost did the same thing. So, sure. And don't forget our lovely uh, army base out there. What is it? Uh, Camp four, Williams. Camp Williams. Started it. That's the one that started that's the, the one that the, almost burned Harriman. Yeah, burned Harriman to the ground. Yes. And again, they were just firing ammunition as well. They were firing machine guns. Slightly larger ammunition. So trained people. But it was still the same the same issue. And the problem was they should have had their own fire. Well, I'm not way. about to make fun of our military force. But you're gonna do America. it anyway. But I will say that maybe we don't need to shoot every damn thing <laughs> that crosses our path, including the grass and the highlands, America. Oh, Thank right, you, Josh. Josh. You're welcome, America. Uh, also out of Saratoga Springs. Saratoga uh, Springs is popular tonight. Good old Susan Hunt's back well, and uh, has been denied <laughs> refiling of her lawsuit. Uh, so this is the lady, if you remember. Um, back in 2014. Yeah, her son was shot by, uh, Darian Hunt was his name. He was shot by uh, Saratoga Springs police officers. Uh, after they approached him. Asked him to drop his sword. But he was waving a while around all crazy, and uh, that's why they went out there and asked him to drop the weapon, and he did not comply. In fact, didn't he charge him? I don't remember. It's been a while. It's unclear. Um, but they've denied her suit again, saying she really doesn't have anything new. Um, and uh, she didn't agree on a settlement initially. $900,000. She said she didn't want to settle. She wanted to take it to court. And that is not happening. So I just I feel really sorry for her because even even her family is just like enough, like stop. Yeah. And yeah. it's just really unfortunate. It's unfortunate she lost her son, but he should have put the sword down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on to a little bit more um, political type news, um, Hillary Clinton um, is likely to open a campaign office here in Salt Lake City, and we talked about this a little bit. Um, Not likely, will. Yeah. So we, we've talked about this before. Um, Hillary uh, is really, she's still got an edge over Trump. Um, you know, the last polling numbers show him pretty close here I in the state of Utah. I think today he is up 15 points. 
as of today. In most Utah? recent poll, most recent poll, that... Trump at thirty nine, Clinton at twenty four. Okay. Um, but like I said, a lot of these polls they do mostly landlines, so they tend to oversample older voters because sure. it's really hard to reach. I younger voters in the polling. And since Utah's a really really young state, I mean, you can, it can definitely change. And with the change, like vote by mail and stuff, that could really help. But if she's actually investing resources here, she can help close that gap. And if it, she's able to close the gap, then Trump, if he wants to win Utah, he'll have to invest resources. That's less resources he's invested in Ohio, Florida, North Carolina, like the traditional swing states. So that's really bad that, uh, that Clinton, you know, the fact she's opening office suggests that she, her campaign thinks she has a chance here, which is, and awesome. that's bad for Trump because that means he has to he has work out much harder to make it up. Bit, yeah. Well, in Utah, I mean, I don't. When was the last presidential candidate, Democratic presidential candidate, to do a campaign office here? Right, and well, we've talked uh, on previous episodes how it could possibly turn blue for. For the for the for general, a minute, yeah. yeah. First time since 1964 when uh, yep. Lyndon Johnson yeah. Yeah. won. Yeah, um, I think he won like uh, 44 states that election, so it was a wow. pretty uh, big blowout for a, him. He had so. a pretty big following when he got elected. Uh, but you know, Clinton's got a real chance here because Utah hates Trump, and and Clinton coming here and Clinton setting up shop here. Um, you know, interestingly enough, we'll probably have a pretty positive impact on your campaign, won't it, Misty? Well, it's sad. So if she's able to turn out more Democrat voters. I mean, state of Utah, I think what biggest problem Democrats have is that a lot of registered Democrats don't uh, actually come out and vote. There's not a there's, their number of registered Democrats is a lot smaller than registered Republicans, but they, they could make a lot of difference if they actually came out and vote. Uh, 2014, state of Utah, we had the third lowest turnout rate in the nation at 28.8%. Uh, District four, Doug Owens. Uh, he well, he lost by seven thousand five hundred eleven votes to Mia Love. Fifteen thousand registered Democrats in that district didn't show up. That's so, my district, and I saw how few people were at the polls. It do you think they're really just depressing. complacent because they feel that their vote we're generally matter. yeah? Well, they well, feel like it doesn't matter. They feel like their candidates can't win. But also, there's this. I I think a lot of times, like you know, uh, Doug Owens, he wasn't the most exciting candidate, so a lot of Registered Democrats like, eh, why, why bother to show up at all? But it's, but it matters. I mean, it wasn't just that race we lost. Like, we lost a House uh, seat by 47 mm-hmm. votes, mm-hmm. another House seat by 53 votes, another House seat by 195 votes. So getting a few more Democrats to turn out is good. Whether or not Hillary Clinton wins the state, it does help down-ballot candidates like myself. It helps down-ballot candidates for the, the House of Representatives seats and also your state legislative seats. So that is very good that she is uh, investing resources to try to get out the vote here in Utah among Democrats. Well, Mr. Think- do you have any eidetic memory? I've always been told that I have like kind of like a photograph. I've always been always very good at remembering stuff, remembering data, especially like numbers related stuff. So one more reason to vote. Misty Snow. <laughs> memory for Utah. She so, did a campaign slogan. Well, I, didn't think, know. <laughs> I think another problem that Owens faced is 2014 was an off election year. It was a midterm election. Uh, and voter turnouts are always garbage during those anyway. The unfortunate thing is that's usually where we get most of our con- congressional House members and uh, and senator turnover is, is during those years. Well, so Yeah, and that's the more, well, the more reason because if he's – since there wasn't a Senate race, there wasn't a gubernatorial race, wasn't a presidential race on that, Doug Owens was the top of the ballot for his district. And he needed – I think he needed to be a bit more exciting among Democrats to get them to turn out. And he kind of felt to do that, I feel. Oh, I think so too. And I, I think, uh, 
Jim Matheson stepping out. Uh, he almost lost to her the, the election cycle before that. So Mia that, freaking love. I'm sorry. But I'm starting to get all these Facebook messages, and I, I respect anyone who's willing to put themselves out there, so I'm not going to slander her personally. But I will say her whole, like, you know, maybe this is not nothing, nothing. I love Mia love. Viva love. Love, love. I don't really love love. Can we go on? Will you edit this out? I'm not going to edit it out, and I don't love Mia Love. I think she's a horrible representative. I do too, but why am I getting her Facebook messages? Like, I am totally the wrong did, demographic did for that. Did she try to friend you? Yes! She's like, Josh, she actually sent me a personal message. Your oh, podcast is so Swellsville. I hear you're going to have Misty on there, and I was hoping we could be friends. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I declined the shit out of that request. So, and then I, I burned it, and I stepped on it. So speaking of Misty, uh, we are into the uh, interview portion of the podcast here. And uh, Misty Snow, um, she is, like I said before, the uh, Democratic nominee for uh, United States Senate here in the state of Utah. She's taking on Mike Lee, uh, the incumbent Republican in office. Misty, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Why don't you give us a little bit more background uh, about you know where you come from and, and uh, what you stand for? And then we'll get into some, some challenging questions. All right, yeah, as he said, my name is Misty K. Snow. I am the Democratic nominee for U.S. Senate here in Utah. I, the incumbent Republican is Mike Lee. He's not been a good friend for Utah. He uh, shut down the government uh, in 2013, which, you know, the federal government is Utah's largest employer, employing about 35,000 people. A lot of people and their families depend on those jobs. And there's a, so there's this period of time where, uh, the government was shut down and a lot of people are afraid to spend money because they weren't sure if they're going back to work. And so I'm not a big fan of him. Like, and it's not just the federal employees and their families, but also people who work in like hotels or restaurants, especially in communities that really depend on our national parks, like Moab, Tory. Cause we have five national parks in the state. We have multiple national monuments, a lot of national forest land. All that was shut down as well. And all those communities that depend on that for their tourism, um, were hurt. And so I, running against him, I am a much more progressive person. I work from working class background. I actually work at a grocery store. And I have a lifelong Utah uh, native. I grew up here. I've lived here. I was raised LDS. So I understand the culture, understand kind of like the Utah values. And I'm trying to make the case that I'm a working class person that's going to fight for working class people and their families who have not been well represented by Mike Lee. And I've got to say, just on a personal note, that's one of the things <clears throat> excuse me, that I really appreciate about your campaign is your honesty and you're a working person. You're not a, you're not somebody that comes from money and has this background in politics. I think that's awesome, though. That's what we need. We need more of that. And, well, I think what Jeremy is trying to say, and I'm going to sum it up for all of us here at the, uh, you know, the podcast, the new Utah podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. Is does K stand for killer? No, it stands for Catherine. That's my middle name. My name appears on the ballot as Misty K. Snow. Also, my website is that way, MistyKSnow.com. So if you'd like to find out more about my campaign, that's where to find out about it. It has my poll platform Would you on consider there. changing it to Killer? Because I think that would... <laughs> I mean, Catherine, Catherine is, don't get me wrong, dead it's sexy. It's classy. It is classy, but I mean, it's you know... Mike Lee's a putz, and I want you to destroy him. And if that means, I mean, 
I'm certainly not advocating. I'm not Trump here. I'm not advocating violence, but I'm saying killer kind of designates kind of a, a go get them and then crush them under your boot heel. Sort of. A, I'm gritting my teeth right now. I'm so. You're hugging Jeremy. Yeah, and then I hug Jeremy. Now, there's definitely a lot of anger in the state towards Mike Lee. I mean, the most recent poll, he had a 42% approval rating. A previous poll, on a 38% approval rating. So those aren't the best approval rating for an incumbent seeking re-election. It's really all about trying to get the word out. There is a lot of anger towards him. And there's even some among some Republicans who don't like him. But, you know, he's had six years. He has much better name recognition than me. He's had uh, time to build up a campaign fund. Uh, he six has years Senate, money. I, so I, he has a lot more money, so I need and he has to make tea, that up. And he has the Tea Party support. He was really ushered in right when that Tea Party era was starting. Well, that's and how Bishop been, was oust. And right? he, yeah, absolutely. And he has been writing that swell. That'd be Bob Bennett. Rob Bob Bishop's Bennett, up. Right, he's Bennett. running for re-election district. Right. Bob he's, Bennett. He lost right. uh, his uh, Bishop's re-election. Bishop's the house, the house gay. That's right. I trust Misty because she's got an idiotic memory about oh, this Oh, she's stuff. way smarter than I am when it comes to this stuff. Uh, so I want to start out. This is uh, maybe a little stepping backwards. I kind of want to get this out of the way. I don't think that we can talk to you about your candidacy, Misty, without bringing up the fact that you are the first transgender nominee to a national party. I know you share that with... Uh, Misty. What's her name? Plow something? Misty, Misty Plow. Plow. Right. So yeah, Misty Plowright, Plow. she's the first uh, Democratic nominee for House of Representatives race. Oh, she's the, a House rep. So, okay. so the first... The first uh, Actual transgender person win a major party nomination for a congressional race was Karen Karen of Vermont back in 2000. She won the Republican nomination in Vermont to run against uh, the House rep of Vermont that time was uh, Bernie Sanders. And she only got about 19% of the vote. Yeah. Bernie Sanders crushed her 71%. But I figure she was a Republican <laughs> running against Bernie Sanders, so her platform probably sucked. <laughs> okay, how do you know so much about politics? I, I mean, I'm blown away by the depth of your knowledge in just like historical precedent and all of this information. How did you? One of the things that I think people are going to bring is there a question here, Josh? That, shush! I will cut you right in front of our esteemed guests. So, how do you know so much about politics, Misty? I pay a lot of attention. I I like to read current events, and like anytime there's like something that interests me, I look it up. I read as much as I can about it, try to get informed on it. It's uh, sometimes some days there'll be like a topic I don't know a lot about and I'll spend like five, six hours just searching on the internet to find out as much as I can about a topic because I'm like, oh this really interests me and that's and then I remember it. I have a really good ability to uh, memorize stuff. People always said I'd like a photographic memory, so I so I think that really helps me, uh someone running for office because it allows me to really remember like statistics when I'm talking about like the rates of like how who the numbers of like who doesn't have health insurance or the rates of uh, people who are making uh, less than 30,000 a year. I remember a lot of numbers related to a lot of data. I can remember polling numbers. And I think that really helps me as someone who's running for office. Or you could be Trump who just makes up statistics <laughs> like it's nobody's business. And, and people just don't care. He's like 117% of all people eat pomegranates. That's a real number, bigly. And then people just accept it. Like, who the hell accepts 170% of people? Like, where are these extra 70% people coming from? And why is no one questioning this shit? They're the babies people throw away. It's, um, how, he's, it's how he says he's going to get 95% of the African-American vote. And there's not a poll that <laughs> suggests he'll get anywhere close to that. Uh, so, what about... As long as we're talking about experience, of which uh, Trump really doesn't have any either... Um, 
one of the questions I had for you was, um, how much do you know about the inner workings of Congress, uh, about writing, uh, legislation, national legislation? You know, do you have any experience in that? How much of, how, how much? I guess that's the question. So as a as a U.S. Okay, senator, Josh, thank like you for that all your congressmen they get they get a they get an annual budget a year for staffers, and they dice that a senator gets uh, something like twelve to eighteen uh, staffers, depending on how they allocate their budget. And you know, typically they'll have a lawyer or two who understands how the actual crafting of legislation. And as the actual representative, what's important is that I am I'm knowledgeable about issues, and I can. Uh, debate them on the chamber floor and as someone who like says you're pointing out i have really good memory i seem to understand politics i feel like i'd be really good at advocating for these issues in the u.s senate chamber and i think that's really what you want is as a politician um, political experience i mean we have a lot of uh career politicians who a lot of people are disappointed with i mean Orrin Orrin hatch has had 40 years in the u.s senate and there's a lot of people who swear he's not it qualified is, well, despite that too long for Orrin hatch i, I will tell you this shit here's an insider just thing. die i vote i'm extremely liberal i hardly ever vote republican i voted for hatch in the last election and the reason i did is i knew they were going to maintain a majority or, or pick up the majority really uh in the senate and that he you know, look, he's on the most powerful committee in Congress, and he is the head of that committee now, which means a lot of dollars come to Utah. He is a reason that Hill Air Force Base has stayed open for so long and has F-35s coming to it. So say what you want about him, and, and he, you know, being there a long time puts him in a very powerful position. I thought it made sense for me living in Utah and staying in Utah to have a guy like that up there. He's got the power. But <laughs> I, I have I have been to his office. I've met the man and he is, you know, right now he looks like death walking upright somehow and he will probably do what Strom Thurmond did and die in office and then we can replace him with someone. You know, else. I've gone golfing with Orrin Hatch a number of times. No, you have not. Big O. I just call him Big O, right? Like the tires. Does he right? rap to you? Anyway, and, uh, you know, quite honestly, rap? he falters after the fourth hole. I'm not going to lie, guys. <laughs> he really does because he doesn't have the stamina anymore. But, um, and we... <laughs> When how, we, how long are you going to let this go for? When we get, you know, how far just, are you going to take this? I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> wow. Um, so let's let's talk about that career politician. So, I mean, Mike Lee right now, I would not qualify him or classify him as a career politician. No. He was kind of thrust with some backing, but this is his his reelection. He does have, you know, at the end of the 2015 filings, uh, end of year, it looks like he's got just over a million dollars in his his little war chest there. Which, in the grand scheme of things, a million dollars is not much. Um, but Misty, I can't. What does imagine. your war chest look like? Yeah, your war chest is anything close. <laughs> right. to that. So, so at the end of June, he had showed he had nine hundred ninety-eight thousand dollars cash on hand. Um, he might not be a career politician, like we well, he probably is. But he like so before he came to U.S. Senate, though, he was like a uh, D.C. lawyer. He worked in the yeah. District of Columbia, so he's very so he has that you inside know. the Beltway culture. So he probably had uh, some connections there that helped him with his election because he was able to, one, force a primary and then win the primary. And I don't think a lot of people expect him to when the, he went to the convention, but I think he had some It's because of the Tea Party stuff. Well, he yeah. had the Tea Party, but I think he had some backing to help him run his Hold campaign. Hold on. Say, say Tea Party again. Tea Party. Patooey, Patooey. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, so, yeah, so he's had, so Mike Lee's had six years to build up a campaign fund, but I think, I believe that he has less money than any other incumbent senator for seeking re-election, yeah. but yes, he does have more money because I've only had like four 
for months to build up a campaign fund and you know everyone's like always looks at my uh filings at the end of june which had me like uh five thousand dollars cash on hand but only two of those days were for during the general election because i won the primary june 28th i don't talk a lot about how much i raised because we don't want you know my campaign manager we sure, don't want sure because we want to be like an october surprise that because but because the ballots will get bailed out middle of october and so he won't know how much i raised yeah, we've certainly raised more, but we always need more. Every there's not a politician running for office anywhere who wouldn't like some more donations. Well, so well hold on. If there's anybody listening who could help me out with that, website's mistyksnow.com. M-I-S-T-Y-K-S-N-O-W. There's a donate link. We need those donations. We appreciate those donations. Thank you. So, in regards to donations, is the DNC helping? Do you have some some packs or super packs that that are going to be running some advertising for you that you're aware of? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of laws in place with how you can actually communicate with those packs, but I'm just curious, you know, what kind of help you're getting from outside sources, or that you think you might be getting from outside sources. So the DNC hasn't really helped me a lot, but I did talk to someone from the DNC yesterday, and when I was in uh, Philadelphia, I talked to the executive director of the DSCC, which is the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee. I mean, they don't seem like they want to put a lot of money into it, but they do like what I'm doing. I told them, that, yeah, even though not you think I can win, I think it's important that you support my candidacy because I'm a voice for the LGBT community, a voice for millennials. If I'd like to U.S. Senate, I'd like to be the first millennial to the U.S. Senate. And so, so we've tried, so I try like, hey, even if it's just $5,000, whatever it's $5,000 I didn't have before, but we have reached out to a couple of like LGBT organizations. I did get an endorsement from, uh, Honor Pack, which is a Latinx LGBT pack. They haven't like donated a lot of money, but they, they haven't really donated money directly, but they have like promoted my stuff and helped get some word out, which does lead donations. Also been uh, endorsed by the Progressive Blue America Pack. They've done, they've put my name on some of their uh, multi candidate act blue lists, which have helped uh, get me a few uh, smaller donations. And again, they haven't directly donated to me, but they have helped raise a bit of money for me, which is always good. So is a, are you still working your day job then at the grocery store right now? I'm only working uh, Sundays right now uh, through uh, November. I don't have, I mean, running a statewide race takes up a lot of time. I can't work 40 hours and run a statewide race. So That's that's kind of what I was wondering if you were going to be able to do both. <laughs> so just once a week, just enough to kind of cover my insurance premiums. You are a superwoman. She is superwoman. Misty K. Snow. So is the, the the grocery store's understanding, and if you don't win the election, you still got your job, you know, back to full time or wherever you're at before. Why, that? why are we even yeah. discussing yeah, that? That's not going to happen. That is not really? going to happen. I I'm just curious. I want to I want to know. So that's actually really awesome. I don't know a lot of employers that would do something like that for for someone. Well, so, so right after I won the nomination, the vice president company actually came and congratulated me and you know i think it's the first time they ever had one of their employees uh, become a major party nominee for <laughs> statewide office so they were super excited i mean they got like I said my i hope they the threw you a level, party got me a cake made an announcement nice. i mean you know the one uh, hardware manager he was super excited like i'm so proud of you even though he's like like a trump republican he's like i'm so proud of you he voted that he requested the democratic vote uh, ballot for vote the democratic primary for me even though <laughs> he's a republican he caucus for trump he's gonna vote for trump but he's gonna vote for because he likes me knows me and you know there's a lot of customers even though they're conservative they're gonna vote for me because they know me they've i've worked at store since i was 17 what so what, watch uh, grow up. what store amazing. is it do you mind do you mind asking? i work for Harmons. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. Even a local store? Damn. I mean, like, I was sold from Word One, but they have the best produce. They have the, the best, best chicken produce. Salad. And the best chicken salad. Okay. 
Now, on a political standpoint, I want to state, and I want to say this very clearly, um, you know, we've talked very, very briefly about all the things that are kind of catching the media's attention right now. But I want to state very clearly that the reason that I'm so much in your corner is because I've read your platform. I've read your agenda, and it is right in line with what what matters to me. Climate change, people are ignoring it, and it's so critical. Um Air quality, yeah, absolutely, is is critical. Yeah, polling shows that no state is more dissatisfied with its air quality than Utah. Um, you know, I think the 2010 census had us at uh, being at 88 percent urban population, but all of our cities they're in these mountain valleys. So once you get to the winter time, we have these really notorious temperature inversions that. And you'll be some days, despite mountains being all around, you can't see them because the smog is so yeah. thick. And we'll have one of the worst, if not the worst, air quality of any uh, city in the. I like, our cities will have like wherever like, any cities in the country will have the worst air quality. Yeah, so we beat a, LA routinely yeah, in the winter. A lot January. of so a lot of Utahns are really concerned about air quality. It affects the health of our elderly, our children, our pregnant mothers. So okay. even if even well even Paul said even like younger people like that like. Like at the prime of the twenties, thirties, I mean, they still feel a negative impact. It's not affecting as much as the children, and the elderly, but they do. It still hurts them too. So we really need to start making investments into cleaner energy, such as solar, such as wind, cleaner transportation. Even though there'll be a lot of people in the state who like climate change isn't real, they still agree with you that you need to make clean something, up the air something and invest uh, in solar, wind because they 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 want to see the mountains during the winter time. They don't want their children breathing in polluted air, poisoned air. So what can we do, you know, federally versus because a lot of this is, uh, you know, like you were saying earlier with with uh, uh, some of the other stuff, you know, a lot of this stuff has to happen at the state level. Other pieces have to happen at a federal level. So what do you see, you know, at a federal level happening um, to get there to, to get that? So what I think I think we could do is like put like a small tax on like the and polluting source of energy. Maybe put a small tax on like coal fire power plants, like energy produced by them and have that money specifically uh that we raised from that to specifically invest into solar into wind you know state of utah i think we have 79 percent of our electricity coming from coal-fired power plants mm-hmm. that's more than yeah. any other state nationally it's only about 30 percent but say utah 79 percent and their air pollution for our coal-fired power plants is bad enough that we've been sued this year by both colorado and arizona because <laughs> the air pollution is getting into their them, states yeah. and affecting their views so they're concerned about that another thing we could do a lot of people don't realize this, but the state of Utah, we actually put a increase on gasoline tax mm-hmm. in the state. Fifteen was that cents this year. Or this was this last year, fall? this yeah. year, fifteen cents a gallon. A lot of people didn't seem to notice it. Seemed to be well absorbed in the economy. So that's fifteen cents a gallon. So we could do it nationwide, maybe five cents a gallon. You know, if, I don't think most people notice it, but it generate a lot of revenue over a short period of time. You can use that money to make investments in the greener transportation, put more buses, put more trains, put more uh, infrastructure for electric or gas vehicles to really uh, th- build a greener transportation I, I infrastructure think, in this country. I think the tax was received so well because most of us still remember four dollars plus a gallon for gas. So when it went from two to two fifteen to two thirty. We were all like, yeah, that's that's still that's still okay. It ain't four dollars, <laughs> but, it <laughs> but shows, it's the same thing. But shows you a small tax like that, it can be well absorbed by the economy, but it generates a lot of revenue, and that generates Tons. the revenue you can make uh, to specifically to invest in the cleaner source of energy. Well, if I knew that I was paying fifteen extra cents or five extra cents, but it was going to some specific purpose that was helping out the the environment, I would I would gladly do it. 
I don't object to taxes when I feel like they're well used. But the problem is you get fiscally irresponsible people, and I'm just going to say this, and, and please forgive me, but Republicans who come from a lot of money who don't understand what it's like to be frugal. Because why would I be frugal with someone else's money? I think that the unique position that you present to the to the Utah people is you are frugally responsible because you've had to be. You haven't had to have a ton of money to fall back on. And so when you get into position of power, you're not going to be frivolous with our money. And that's powerful to me because I don't mind paying additional money for taxes that are meaningful. But taxes that are not meaningful, that are frivolous, I have zero tolerance for. And... I will kick that ass. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so as a person who works at a grocery store, I don't make a lot of money. I make less than 30000 a year, like 51% of the people in this country. And I think that's one problem with our uh, politicians. A lot of our politicians, they're business owners, they're lawyers, they're bankers, doctors, they're people from a they're rich, rich. They're from a rich background. So they have no understanding what it's like to be poor or live paycheck to paycheck. And that's also why we don't get a lot of representation for our government when it comes to issues that affect the poor or the working class. They don't understand. Like, oh, food stamps. All those people are food stamps. Like, ladies, no, they aren't. A lot of those people work full time, but because they've never been poor, they don't understand it. And when we're talking about minimum wage workers, you know, 725, you can't live on that in Utah. You can't live on that anywhere in the country. It's an insult to working people. And we end up subsidizing these low wages uh, through food stamps, through assisted housing. While Walmart and right. McDonald's and other corporations that pay these low wages are making billions of dollars in profit. And, you know, like one study showed that uh, we taxpayers nationwide spend about $6.2 billion with a B just to subsidize the low wages of Walmart workers. Oh, yeah. Nationwide, all corporations is about $147 billion a year. Why don't we make uh, Walmart, McDonald's, and all these other corporations pay their workers a living wage? Well, it's crazy. They're a net negative because they don't pay a living wage, and their workers are on food stamps, uh, Medicaid, you know, social social welfare, essentially. Uh, and then all they can do is buy crap at Walmart. Yeah, and then know? it becomes well, it ends up becoming a form of corporate welfare because yeah. we're allowing uh, well, the we corporations. Give the tax breaks yeah, to yeah, them. and then we're well, we're allowing the corporations to. Uh, to pay lower wages and then we make up the difference with our tax dollars. And really, we should just be making these corporations pay their workers a living wage because reality is no corporation is profitable without the talent and labor of its workers. And those workers deserve to share in the uh, fruits of those labors. And that's also why we want to do a living wage. But when we look at the numbers, uh, I have our minimum wage workers, like two thirds of them are women. Uh, the average age is 36 years old, uh, about, I think, I think uh, about 40% of them have children. These aren't like teenagers, like a lot of concerns. Like, no, these are like middle-aged people. These are um, people, families, their mothers. They're they're established people in the neighborhood who are just trying to support a family. Yeah. So so let me... Women, people of color, LGBT disproportionately. And if we really want to start closing wage gaps between women and people of color, LGBT community, yeah, raising the minimum wage is a way to really help them at the at the lowest levels. So let me let me ask you a question, because um, I, I hear this this argument a lot. So if we raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour, doesn't the economy just react by inflating the cost of everything, and then fifteen dollars an hour becomes again back to that poverty level back to I can't make ends meet, I can't pay for rent, I can't pay for health care. 
So what you would want to, you would want to go overnight from seven twenty five to fifteen dollars sure. an hour. I mean, I think we would want to do it maybe like two dollars an hour raise, like over like a four year period. So we do from seven twenty five to nine twenty five, and then nine twenty five to eleven twenty five. So that's a much smaller increments. So we're only raising the minimum wage by like thirty percent, twenty four percent, and it's easier for businesses to absorb. And well, so studies show that when you raise the minimum wage, it doesn't cause uh, job losses. It doesn't cause massive inflation because remember. Uh, wages are only one cost of a business. If you know, if maybe their cost, maybe they spend thirty three percent of their total uh, by cost is on labor. You double the minimum wage, then maybe it becomes fifty percent. So you're not raising the price of a product by a hundred percent. You're raising maybe thirty three percent. So you, so they end up increasing their actual buying power by fifty percent, and so that increases uh, so that they do have more money. And if you understand how the economy works. Wages are what creates demand for product. The more money people have to spend, the more product demand for product is there, which actually allows the corporations to make more sales. So we do it smart. We do it over like a four-year period. But then we also have an annual adjustment for inflation thereafter so it doesn't fall behind again. So every January or whatever we have it, we figure out so the value, the purchasing power uh, needs to change this much. So we raise the minimum wage this much. So it always stays at, like, say, 2020 levels or whatever we get at where we end up to $15 an hour. And then there are already do, states um, that are implementing higher wages and they're yeah. doing They're fine. doing great. Yeah. Has, yeah. It, has it all the conservative doomsday stuff? Does never comes to fruition. They say right. it every time, but every study has ever been done shows that that's not the reality. It actually increases economic activity because the poorest people now have more money to spend which increases their buying power which increases sales of local businesses and that helps everybody so misty we're getting low on time but i've got a question for you what what was your aha moment when did you think this is something that i want to do and i can make a difference so i've a lot of people like i said i've never ran for office before but i just had that feeling i need to do this i was really disappointed by the other democrat who was running who was swinton yes self-described conservative who honestly i felt was wrong (laughs) on very important issues okay so i'm just gonna put this out here because i think misty is probably too politically correct but he was pro-life uh which was is strange for this the so I kind of feel like this was a guy who was trying to capitalize on the conservative nature of Utah and not really representing the more liberal or progressive element. And so we didn't really have a good candidate in the race until until Misty showed up. So please continue. Yeah, so that's the problem with the Utah Democrat was that they have this long history of nominating these like uh, Republican like candidates and well, despite there's no evidence showing that they actually do well, like Scott Talley had like 31% of the vote, 2012, Sam Granada like 33% of the vote, 2010, so they don't actually do well, so why are we nominating people? Why don't we nominate someone who's actually strong on issues that uh, speak to Democratic voters here in the state, especially when we have a huge problem turning out actual Democrats? We want a candidate who's actually excited, who actually speaks to their issues, who actually gets them out to the polls, because that I think that is going to be more effective to actually make to have a more competitive race, but also to help our down ballot candidates well, more. Instead which of are, just putting out more cookie cutter candidates. Yeah, which will help. We see a lot of in Utah. Yeah, which I, will help our down ballot candidates, which more, which gets us more representation in our state legislature, which in many ways is more important than getting more representation in Congress because they, their state legislature, they have more effect on your day to day lives. Best interview ever. I just want to know. I mean, were you just working and thinking like? Now is the time, or 
did somebody talk you into well, it or I, like how did you my mother get actually to tried point? to talk me out of it i kind of talk, <laughs> tried to talk myself out because i was like ooh, like, i don't know it's kind of like a crazy idea but i just had this feeling you know i'm gonna do it i uh, you know because i want to give voice to issues that i felt were going to be ignored if the other guys the nominate nominee and i wanted to be challenged and start uh raise progressive issues but i also knew that uh and you say utah i we i knew that our at a state convention, a lot of our delegates would be elected out of our caucuses. Our president that same night that we'd vote for our presidential candidate, and after Bernie Sanders' big win in New Hampshire, I knew there would probably be a big win for Bernie Sanders here in the state. I expect to do sixty four better. He ended up doing seventy nine twenty. So it ended up becoming yeah, a crazy. really progressive delegation to our state convention, and that really helped me. And I calculated that would be a possibility. And I knew that someone uh, running a progressive campaign speak about progressive issues could do potentially do really well at the state convention and i was able to get out of conventions by a lot of people saying i wouldn't get out of convention and then i won the primary and i won it by a big margin 59.4 right. yeah. percent of out so let, let me ask you 20 percent let me ask you about that um so you know one of the things that uh, you talk about is that you know bernie sanders campaign doing so well here really helped you bernie's gone I mean, he's 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 not running anymore. He's but not forgotten. Okay. But one of the one of the issues is, and we we saw this a little bit at the DNC at the convention, um, is those millennials are saying, "Well, we're just not going to go out to vote now. We're going to go vote for Trump." How do you, you know, as a millennial um, who is pulling millennials as a vote, how do you get them to go out to the polls, Misty? What are you doing to get people to get out to the polls? I, so I'm really trying. One thing we're, I'd really like to do, we're trying to reach out to Bernie Sanders as people try, because I'd get, I'd get an official endorsement from Bernie Sanders so it would help me. It would also help, I think, turn out a lot of millennials, but also make the case to millennials that if it's like the U.S. Senate, I'd be the first millennial U.S. Senate. I'd be a voice for our generation. And whether or not you want to vote for Jill Stein or Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or Gary Johnson or somebody else, it's still important that you get out and vote. You vote for me. You vote for our Democrats down the ballot because they matter. It matters that you still vote. And, you know, there's a lot of great uh, Democrats in the state of Utah. And we lost some seats last time by slim margins. Mm -hmm. And they need your votes. I need your votes. And I, you know, I would appreciate if you do vote for uh like Hillary Clinton or, but you know, I'm not going to go say, Hey, you should, you need to do this. I'm not going to go talk down to you, you know, voting for Jill Stein's, but like that's I'm not going to go in that nonsense scene. You know, how you vote for president. I, you know, that's up to you, but I really need you to vote for me in the Senate election. Cause I am our voice. I'm the voice for millennials. I'd be the first millennial U S Senate. I'd be the first trans person. So I'd be a voice for the LGBT community. I'd also be the first woman elected U.S. Senate from Utah, so I'd be a voice for women. You'd be the youngest female, too, right? At 30? Uh, I'm sorry. I just turned 31 last month in July. Is that you the, could be 30. Hi, would that be the youngest? Would that be the youngest senator ever? Um, It might be. Because you're just barely over the yeah, age. Yes, so you have to be 30 to run for U.S. Senate, so I might, I'd have Calling. to look. I'd have to really look at uh, how many. I'll do a long list to see. If there's any younger ones, oh, but there's not that many. Yeah. You no, know, you talk. You were talking about it doesn't matter who you vote um, for president, but focusing on local election. Do you feel that there is a lack of local media coverage right now on local campaigns? Absolutely, I would wish our uh, media. I think our media is doing a disservice to Utah voters by not uh, covering politics more, especially our local politics. There's a lot of important races that. They just they see no political coverage. So people don't know who they are. They don't uh, 
get out and vote because they don't know about their choices. Until they and, see that voters pamphlet that comes out right, right. before the I election. Find it, I just find it interesting in a state that, you know, it just doesn't matter for a presidential yeah. vote, even though it is a presidential election, that we're not focusing more on local campaigns. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, people focus too much on the presidential election. I mean, a presidential election is important, but... You're at the presidential level, you're one vote of 100 million. At a state house representative level, you're one vote of 5,000. Your vote matters a lot more oh, yeah. in those state right. races. And with the how our presidential election is done with like electoral college stuff, you know, it's, you know, your vote it, it ends up mattering a lot less. Even though by its society to vote for president, it's important to vote every election cycle, midterms, your municipal elections, which are usually done on odd number of years, because you need to get on vote because. So your mayor, your city council, your state legislature, they have a lot more direct power over your day-to-day lives than the president does. And that's why you need to vote. That's why you need to be involved. That's why you need to pay attention. And and if you and maybe even consider running for office yourself. There's a lot of people who think, oh, I could never run for office. And, you know, a lot of people – I'm not like from a political background, but, you know, you can be a working-class person. It doesn't matter what kind of background you have, where you, what you look like, where you're from, what kind of job you have. You can run for office. You can be a voice for your community. Well, that's the ideal of, of the political system, right? That's not what it's practiced most of the time, but that's absolutely kind of the ideal of the political system. You, and you've got my vote, Misty Snow. <laughs> Misty K. Snow, killer Snow. Are you seeing people saying that they want a working class government, but they're afraid maybe to take that step? I think there's a lot of people who are afraid to run for office because like, I don't know anything about politics. And, you know, that's, that's intimidating. It's scary. And I really didn't know, like, anybody in the Utah Democratic Party or much about it. I just had to do some research. And, you know, when I went to the state convention, I had, like, one volunteer for me. But then I was able to get a lot of, make impress a lot of people at the convention by speaking and speaking very clearly on issues I care about and uh, issues related to the various caucuses. So I think that matters, but I, you know, I think one of the big complaints a lot of people have with Congress is that it's they don't feel like it represents them. They, you know, Congress, as I said earlier, they don't understand what's like to be poor. They don't understand what it's like to be working class or middle class because they disproportionately, you know, we currently kind of have a government of the of by and for the one percent, and the other ninety nine percent, unfortunately, don't have much of a voice in Congress. And the way to change has to like more working class people in government. So, one of your planks is marijuana, the legalization of marijuana. Talk to me about this. Because Plank, planks of what? Is she building a pirate ship? She's walking hey, the plank. You know plank. what? If you've never been in debate, it's cool, man. But let's not air our dirty laundry right in front I've of our podcast. Been, talking about platform plank, it's like yeah. uh, how they... We just like it. to give Josh but a hard so, time. So it's probably in Utah... Uh, majority of Utahns, they'd like to see medicinal uh, cannabis legalized in the state. I think that was clear that was, in the last legislative We almost session. passed at the legislative level, uh, but, we, like, but we didn't because we, we need those few uh, Democratic <coughs> votes that, we did, that they lost by 47, 53, 195 Months. votes. We could have won there. But at the federal level, <laughs> what I'd like to sorry. see done, I'd like to see the end of the ending the prohibition on marijuana at the federal level, and that would... The law states that would then it would get the federal government out of the way, and then states could write their own laws on on marijuana. One of the arguments I used to defeat the medical cannabis uh, law in the state is that well, it's still illegal at the federal level. So even if we legalize it, the medical cannabis, it'd still be illegal to possess it by the federal level. So if we get the federal government out of the way, states would have that freedom to write their own marijuana policies, and I think that well, would and, be, and let's be uh, clear, speed the legalization of. Uh, 
like marijuana, but already 42 states already have legal medical. Yeah, cannabis. well, and to be clear, in in the states that have either fully legalized marijuana or have medical marijuana legislation, the people that run those businesses, that's a dangerous line of work. Even though they're in established brick and mortar buildings, a lot of times they can't have a bank account. They can't have a credit card merchant because banks will not touch that money. If they find out that your company is a marijuana producer or seller, they won't have anything to do with you because they can't federally insure that money. And because that money can be frozen by the DEA anytime right now. Well, uh, all I can say is what, what I just heard is that you want to clear up the federal government so that they can kind of get get out of the way of state governments for making the right decision. And I think that's good for America. That may not necessarily help Utah initially because unfortunately America, uh, Utah is fairly mired in its traditions, but I think it's going to be so good for America at large. I don't know. In the right direction. I, I disagree with that because I saw the amount of support that we had that legislation almost passed. Yeah. You know, we had some folks step in and, and, that's an excuse to not pass the legislation. That was one of the excuses used, and polling shows that uh, there was a poll, I think this February, had like 64% of Utahns saying they support legalized medical cannabis in the state of Utah. So that is what the constituents want. And, and remember, oh, yeah, we, talked about polls, we talked about polls earlier. It's old people that's with landlines. So I don't know. even I don't just want med- <laughs> I don't want medicinal marijuana. Marijuana should be legalized and taxed. I think it should mar- be regulated just now, like I, alcohol. I'm going to tell you right now, I have never used marijuana in my life, but I feel very strongly that it should be f- completely fair game. I think the Colorado model is proving true, and it is a huge windfall of finances for the state. Crime is on the decrease. Like everything good is happening in Colorado. Why can we not see the writing on the well, wall? Yeah, the, the, another advantage to uh, decriminalizing marijuana be that uh, we would be putting fewer people in prison for oh, marijuana-related offenses. Something like twenty percent of the prisoners in our nation are in prison for nonviolent marijuana-related offenses for smoking a, a joint. I mean, well, and some of those like, people have massive sentences. Yeah, so like massive earlier this sentences. year, we finally released Weldon Angelos. Who was serving 55 years for selling eight ounces of marijuana? He ended up serving 15, 13 years. And they, I ended up uh, letting him early release, but well, he shouldn't have it, served that long. It was eight ounces of marijuana. It was not as a punishment that did not fit the crime. Well, and here's what's crazy. Uh, so, how many joints is eight ounces? I'm curious. <laughs> I don't smoke. I've it's never not, smoked. Can one of our, can one of our listeners please get that information to us? Eight ounces is half a pound of marijuana. It's, it's actually it's quite significant uh, in, in terms of amount. But it's it's really not at the end of the day. It's not worth. It's not. It doesn't well, deserve not a fifty-five years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't get murderers and rapists. And how that much long. money is spent per person to keep them incarcerated oh. per year? Well, and it's not just the incarceration. It's, it's the, the appeals. It's the taxpayer money that goes right. to the public. It's not even. It's not a fiscally research, uh, conservative policy to have this idea. No, this war on drugs. I mean, let's decriminalize. Marijuana is regulated. I mean, we could probably, and then if we could do that, the world doesn't end. They could probably talk about. <laughs> then we could probably talk well, about progress and maybe try decriminalizing other and drugs. Maybe we can have something higher than three point two beer in Utah and start uh, treating drug addiction as a medic, as a health problem. And this not a is so exciting! Problem. I'm um, tingling. So we, it, it, you know, we have us. Well, the United States of America. We call ourselves land free, but we incarcerate more people than any other nation in the world. We have. Uh, more people in prison than China, which has four times their population. We have a higher per capita prison rate than Russia, which is ruled by a 
brutal dictator named Vladimir Putin who puts and, and what do people we all in prison think of when for, we think of Russia? Going to prison, right? Yeah. No, we we beat yeah. we beat those countries, even though we're the land of the free in their police states. Duh. So we we really need to really consider re, before our criminal justice system, which really disproportionately uh, uh, incarcerates people of color. Oh, yeah. And so we really need change. I wish I too. could vote twice. Can I? Can I vote twice? Because you, could get your you got wife both my votes. Make yes, sure, get, get, get your wife to vote. Gets all your friends. Get oh, your she's family, already voting for get you. Get your neighbors. Get everybody you know. You just have to. That's how we win elections. You spread the word. To go tell everybody you know on Facebook. You need the Josh tell everybody bus. you know on Twitter. Drive around. Right that actually, that actually brings up a question that I had. What do you have in terms of resources? You talked earlier that you started with one volunteer when you went to the uh, the caucuses. Um, where are you at now? Do you have a big team? That so I have managing? nine uh, full uh, full time staffers now, and I have a number of really dedicated volunteers. We could always use more volunteers. We could always use more donations because that is how we pay our staff. You know, to, to, if you'd like sure. to donate to my campaign, once again. You go to my website, mistyksnow.com, M-I-S-T-Y-K-S-N-O-W. There's a donate link. It goes to my Act Blue page. And for whatever reason you don't like Act Blue, you can uh, mail a check to our campaign P.O. Box, which is Misty K. Snow for U.S. Senate, P.O. Box 3053, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84110. And it's a check I would need you to also put like a card with like your employer information, like what company you work for, what your job title is, because I need that for the FEC uh, filings. Good old. So how FEC. how do I volunteer? I mean, I am Good I am question, maybe Josh. your number one fan at this point. I'm actually wearing a Misty K Snow Killer Snow um, T-shirt right now. You can't see it because it's my <laughs> um, my underwear. But how do I volunteer? How do I do that? How do I take that it's step and panties. become? <laughs> so. How do I do that? So you, so there is a link to volunteer on our website. We also have it at the top of our Facebook page where it says sign up. That goes to the volunteer page. You can fill out a form, list if you'd like to do phone banking or canvassing or like what other skills you have that you could possibly offer the campaign. Other ways you can help out. I mean, you, like I said, if you have a Facebook page, you can repost our stuff to Facebook. You can promote my website or my donation links on your own Facebook page. If you do Twitter, you can retweet my tweets. And that all that helps get my name out there to your own audiences. And that, you know, and hopefully maybe some of them will retweet again. And that builds a greater audience that snow that helps create like a snowball effect. But, you know, you can always talk to your neighbors, talk to your family, talk to your co-workers, uh, co-workers your friends. Tell them to talk to their neighbors, friends, family, co-workers. You know, tell them, hey, I'm a working I'm a working class people at person that's going to represent working class people and their families. I am what Washington needs. I'm what Utah needs. And you need to support me because I'm going to be a truly representative person in Washington. A breath of fresh air. Absolutely. Delightful. What, what about signage, Misty? Because so one of the things that uh, I actually tried to get signage from Doug Owens uh, last last election cycle. Um, my house, if you didn't notice when you're driving, is right along the backside of a very busy street. So I have a great place to post signage on my property uh, that gets a lot of visibility, a lot of traffic. Do you have plans to do signage? I don't know, you know, what your budget looks like. So there. we have like uh, yard signs. Uh, we were almost. We said we just ordered five hundred more. Uh, like the ones we have are currently available at the Mike Weinholz office where we kind of, we have a, we have an office upstairs in that same building. Uh, then that address that is 193 West 21st South right there, South Salt Lake. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, so you out. can get, I said, we have some more on order and we're going to try to, we're trying to get more out there. It's, you know, yard signs, they, everything costs money and that's oh, yeah, why we absolutely. need more donations. Absolutely. So anybody, if you can contribute, even if it's $20, $50, $100, 
whatever. Even it's always it's, appreciated. Even if it's five dollars, contribute. Yep. So if I could build some sort of cool macaroni glitter art that says <laughs> "Misty K Snow" put on my front porch. Like, would that would that be effective? Would that be an effective use of my macaroni? Because I love macaroni, and I just curious. Why don't you spend the money we're going to spend on that macaroni? Give it to her campaign and get a sign. and get a sign because your yard, his front yard, is on the same street. You know he what? Just lives a few blocks. That's that way. already happening because Misty's getting all nine of my votes. Nine. He's voting for his dogs and his little brother. I do have four pugs, and they're all voting for you. Mr. Pickles is your yeah. biggest fan. I know. I know. You know. I don't think it's possible for dogs to register to vote. But, but if anybody's listening to this and you're not registered to vote, go. You could do it online. It takes two minutes at vote.utah.gov. You, as that takes two minutes, you need to register to Please vote. Do and, that. you know, it's we need your voice. We need your votes. And that's how you make change is by participating. People like think voting doesn't matter. No, voting matters. If voting didn't matter, I wouldn't have won the primary and I wouldn't have won it by such a large margin. I won because people 20%. voted for me. It's about 18.8% win, but definitely a big victory. And, and I won because people vote for me. So, and we lost, like I said, we lost a state legislative seat by 47 votes, another by 53 votes, yeah. another by 195 votes in 2014. A few, few more votes in those races would have had a different outcome and we might have passed that medical cannabis bill with those three more democrats we might have abolished the death penalty yeah, we might on. have passed hate crime legislation for lgbt people with a few more democratic votes so those votes it does matter it's critically important that you register to vote that you get out to vote that you tell your friends families neighbors co-works to register and to get out to vote girl mm-mm. all right so we have one last question no, that we no we don't we oh, have a couple more are you Okay, uh, you know yeah, what? Have, why don't you let the the pod administrator administrate this podcast? Why are you guys in a hurry to leave? I'm not in a hurry to leave. I've got whiskey sours to drink. No, those are <laughs> Moscow mules, and you are cut <laughs> off. No, you are cut off if you think that's a whiskey sour. Maybe Misty, you. I'm cutting these guys off because I just think I this is so flipping cool. You were just in Cosmo magazine as one of the top 19 women that are and will make history in this election. And I put if slash when, because I'm sending out when, um, elected. Have you really taken a moment to just, like, soak that in? That is amazing. Yeah, so I've had a lot of press. I Right after I won the nomination, I think I had about 45 interviews that first week. I was just on the cover of Q Magazine, uh, Q Salt Lake, Ooh, right here Michael in uh, Utah. Larry, he's amazing. Awesome. Q Salt Lake, I... I was just uh, being interviewed by Time Magazine last night. Today, like I said she finished. She finished her theme this morning. She's from San Francisco. So it's going to be Time. It's going to be in the print version oh, of cool. Time and also the online version. She said the online story will be longer than the print version. That should come out next month sometime. I've been interviewed by Vice News a couple times. They're going to be interviewing me again. All the local media and there's the national media. So it's been, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, it's always good to get press. More <laughs> press is good for name recognition, good for fundraising, but we always need more of both. So the again, new spread Utah the word. Podcast. And if you can donate, we need and appreciate those. And once again, website's mistyksnow.com, M-I-S-T-Y-K-S-N-O-W.com. And what's the Facebook, Misty? Um, at Misty K. Snow. If you type in Misty K. Snow, you'll find it's like... It's pretty easy. Same thing with my Twitter. It's at Misty K. Snow. And all those are linked on my website. Uh, the bottom of my website page, my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, so you can we'll find We'll put all those all. links in our interview as well. So, 
Do you have anything else, Misty, that you want to talk about? Any other issues that we didn't maybe get to that, that you are passionate about that you feel like people should know that about? That you don't get to talk to, talk about very often because other people are directing mm. their questions? So we've talked a lot about raising the minimum wage. We've talked a lot about uh, clean energy. One issue I really talk about in Utah is uh, paid maternity leave. Now, you state of Utah, we have the nation's highest birth rate. Weird. Um, weird. Uh, weird. And, Jeremy but, you know, and his 16 kids. In Utah? Question mark? But the United States of America, we're one of a very few oh, yeah. countries that do not guarantee paid maternity leave for its mothers. It's the only other major country like, you know, that's of a, size, of a large size is Papua New Guinea. And every other country that doesn't, there's, there's not very good data whether or not they do. And they all have populations less than 1 million people. So it's really Papua New Guinea and the United States of America. We're pretty much alone on not <laughs> guaranteed paid maternity leave for our mothers. Every other country, pretty much small countries, poor countries, rich countries have figured out how to offer their mothers paid maternity leave. But we haven't done that in the richest country in the history of Earth. And by not offering paid maternity leave, we are forcing our mothers back to work at a very early rate. Uh, the World Health Organization recommends that a newborn infant is breastfed exclusively for the six, first six months of life. And when the mother doesn't have that time off to be with her kid, it leads to low rates of breastfeeding, which increases the rate of childhood obesity, increases the rate of infant mortality. And so if we really value our children, we should uh, really consider paid maternity leave. But also it's bad for our mother's health because a lot of times their bodies haven't recovered. And the United States of America, one third of our women are giving birth by cesarean section. And there's some of them going back to work after two weeks after that. And that's way oh, too soon after crazy. surgery like that's that. Yeah. So it's, we need to really uh, get serious about offering paid maternity leave. And that's an issue at polls well. 2012 poll, 86% said they were in favor of it, including 73% of Republicans. If there was ever an issue we could win on, it's this issue. It makes the most sense in the world. Everybody has a mother. Everybody knows somebody's given birth. So why can we not offer our mothers paid maternity leave? Everybody has a mother? Yes. And our <laughs> friends in Europe, our friends in Europe, a lot of European countries, Damn a lot it. of other uh, countries, they're moving towards giving fathers yes, paid leave. Too. It's like, why, it's like, we're still trying to fight to give our mothers paid leave. It's like, we are behind on this important issue. So that's, one issue I really talk about a lot because I think it really appeals to a lot of people usually because we do have a high birth rate. There are a lot of young families and a lot of LDS families, mothers like, like, yeah, that makes totally sense. Why don't, why didn't I have that when I had my baby and I could have some more time off from work? Yeah. So that's an issue that really resonates with a lot of Utah mothers and their families. So that's an issue I really raise and, and I just kind of want to make case that. I'm the wor I'm a working class person. I'm going to fight for working class people and their families. And I care about you. I care about your children. And that's why I want you to vote for me. It's why I want you to support me. It's why I want you to tell everybody, you know, your friends, family, coworkers, neighbors to support me, to vote for me as well. Cause I am going to be your voice in Washington. I'm going to actually represent you in Washington because you have not been served well by Mike Lee. Mike Lee, he blocked, he shut down the government. He voted against renewing the Violence Against Women Act because apparently he's okay with women being abused to be in abusive relationships he voted against aid to flint during the water crisis because apparently he's okay with children drinking contaminated water and so his, he stance, on, care his about... stance on planned parenthood is ridiculous yeah. so well, he doesn't care about women he doesn't care about children right right in bed with with uh chaffetz and trying to defund planned parenthood like an idiot so no, no yeah, planned just... parenthood even a lot of my lds republican friends they use planned parenthood it's like no planned parenthood does great it's things. fantastic it's like it's you know, it's this idea that they're doing like that. And it's and the whole idea was over 
Something that wasn't even true. It's been completely falsified, proven again and again in court. And they still don't want to drop it because they just have this hatred uh, for women, really. I mean, that's really what it is. It's just they don't like women. That's why they vote against renewing the Violence Against Women Act. It's I love love women. I love them. So it's like Mike Lee, he tries to say Mm. he's... He tries to make the case that he's, he cares about poor people and working people. He's like, I watch you have more money in your pockets. So why did you vote against uh, raising the minimum wage? Why you should you vote? give me why some you, of his money. Do you care about mothers yeah, and children? Sure. Why did you blockade to Flint during the water crisis? Why did you vote against renewing the Violence Against Women Act? So he really doesn't care about uh, working class people and their families. I do. I have a working class background. I will be a representative voice in Washington that has not, for people who have not been well served by Mike Lee. So you're too nice to say it, but he's, he's kind of a dick. Uh, he's not kind of a dick and i'm pretty sure okay I said we'll that put words in your mouth podcast. don't we'll worry put words in your mouth but okay the real question that everyone around this table just dying on the edge of their seat to know and i will speak for them because i have a loud loud mouth are you pro pug or anti-pug <laughs> so you talk about dogs yes yeah, i don't have anything against dogs uh, what yes about, what about the ugly <laughs> what about the ugly smushed face dogs that can't breathe and have tongues sticking out of their mouth 20 you hours? sir are I'm going to hold you in contempt of this podcast. You know I love your dogs. You do. Uh, we do have one question, Misty, that we ask everyone that we interview on this podcast, and that is, so you're a Utah native. Uh, you've been here your whole life. Um, presumably you like it if you're still here. Um, <laughs> what would you tell someone that's visiting Utah uh, that they had to do before they left the state? Gosh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I think our... Uh, a lot of people like our, to come to see our mountains. They like to see our national parks. And I think we because we have five national parks, they're all beautiful. And I think, really, if you come to Utah, you should try to go see our national parks, which we have. We have Capitol Reef. We have Arches, Canyonlands, Zions, and Bryce Canyon. They're all beautiful. I've been to all oh, of them, gorgeous. some of them multiple times. And that would be, I think, probably... One thing to really visit if you're coming to Utah. And Mike Lee, shut down those national parks. <laughs> shut down some. Because he's, he's a, a dick. He's not a friend of those national parks. So uh, well, is he, I, I support our public lands. So it, that's one he, issue. Is he behind the Public Lands Act, too? Oh, he's, he's, yeah, he, he's not in favor. He's joined all the other Republicans in Congress. Doesn't want. He wants to try to fight our... Uh, President have you know president has the authority to designate national monuments under the Antiquities Act. Yeah, the every it's been, it's been that was the Antiquities Act Pact 1906 yeah. since 1920. It's been Supreme Court has ruled multiple times in favor of the president having the authority to designate those national monuments. Every lawsuit that's ever challenged that authority of the president has failed. With good our reason. state legislature, they want to spend 13.8 million dollars to sue our federal government to try to block uh to try to get uh, state control over. The Bears Ears uh, area, which is 1.9 million acres. They don't have the money to actually manage that. A couple of years ago, they couldn't find a million and a half dollars to dredge the the marinas in the Great Salt Lake. So where are they going to get the money to <laughs> manage 1.9 million acres? But they had $13.8 million to sue the federal government, but they can't find money to uh, fund our education Priorities. system where we have the lowest per pupil spending. They can't uh, clean up our air. They didn't want to pass full Medicaid expansions by polls showing that a majority of Utahns want it. And the fact that, you know, we have 85,000 children in the state without health care and, you know, people want them to have health care. So I probably always talk about you know, the size of government. I don't think it's a problem that's in the size of government. I think it's the priorities of government. Say Utah, our priorities, they want to sue the federal government over things again and again and again and spend money on that with instead of putting money in education, instead of putting money in health care, instead of putting money in cleaning up our air. And they want to designate 
porn is a health crisis. While <laughs> while while they all say while I said why we have so much smog, you it's can't see the melons. Like their sick. quality is not a health crisis. Are three hundred fifty thousand people in Utah not having health having access to health care is not a health problem? But pornography is like our priorities. They we, they are there's a problem that they need to we need to have our priorities straight and our state legislature have uh, problems with having our priorities straight and our uh, Congress doesn't with they where they keep spending. Uh, t- where they've tried to repeal Obamacare forty plus times. I've lost count because it's been so many times. They keep losing. They keep doing it again and wasting a bunch of time when they could be writing legislation that actually helps people. So, Misty, uh, I know we can get a hold of you. Uh, volunteer, donate, MistyKSnow. dot uh, com. Right. Um, do you have any events coming up? Do you have any rallies, any campaign events that you want people to know about that are coming up? So tomorrow we're going to the Jackalope Lounge. We're kind of, there's like a meet and greet there at like 7 p.m. On t- the 27th, we're doing like a big canvassing event up in Cache County where we have a lot of volunteers we're coordinating with uh, Peter Clemens running District 1 against Rob Bishop. I believe Mike Weinholz's campaign, who's running for governor, who's coordinating with us. I think one of the local Who is also House candidates. awesome. Yeah, so, it's, yeah, so if anybody there. wants to get up to Cache County, uh, that's also, we have that, I want to say, I can't remember the time day we started that 100%, but it's on my Facebook page. That's on the 27th. So and anybody we'll wants to volunteer and, and come well for you guys. there. And then we have more events coming up all probably through Election Day, and people always ask me, are you debate, Mike Lee? The Utah Debate Commission has scheduled a debate for the U.S. Senate candidate debate, for the U.S. Senate candidates to debate on October 12th, 6 p.m. at Brigham Young University. It will be televised. I know KUED will pick it up. I know some of the radio stations pick it up, maybe some of the other TV stations. It's about up in the air where they're not. Uh, That's a real other, neutral, yeah. neutral but it's, debate. I'm trying to think it'll be live streamed too, so... Well, definitely, University you know, campus. you can definitely, if you want to organize watch parties on, you know, tell, hey, tell everybody, you know, Mr. Case knows going to debate Mike Lee. You know, it's a way for people to really see the Senate candidates' debates an hour long. It can, should, be, can should we, be good. Can we interview you again when you kick his ass? Because <laughs> I, quite frankly, I'm already warming up my high-fiving hand. As you can see right here, it's in good shape. So I'm ready to high-five and congratulate after you smoke him like a cheap cigar. And I'm not talking about a good cigar because I like have some of Like a Swisher Sweet? Yeah, like a. Let's not even call like a gas station cigar. Like exactly, <laughs> bam. Misty, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. It's been a fantastic uh, uh, time. I loved hearing uh, your your thoughts and and uh, you know where you stand on things. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the time to have a interview with you guys it was fun and you know once again for people who want to find out about me my website mistyksnow.com m-i-s-t-y-k-s-n-o-w uh if you can donate we need those donations we appreciate those donations volunteer we always need more volunteers and if you can help spread the word social media or just telling your friends family neighbors about my campaign and someone mentioned t-shirts earlier we do sell t-shirts on the website the donation as to the same donation page, you just select the T-shirt, your size, the color, and that includes shipping. So we do all that on the what, website. And do we you have appreciate a picture? That. Do you have a picture on your T-shirts? Uh, it has my logo and then the website on the back. So it just says Mr. Case No USA. You can use a picture of me. <laughs> well, Josh, Josh, you can put a picture yourself on your own T-shirt. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good place he to He just end made it through the whole entire podcast to the end, and Josh just barely clapped. I just I want know, to throw that out there. I'm very excited. Uh, he keeps sucking on the lime that's left over at the bottom of his drink, too. So I think it might be time. It's wait, time. wait. 
Where are they going to find us? I always forget that part. <laughs> uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook at the New Utah Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TNU Podcast uh, or our website. TheNewUtah.wordpress.com. Uh, and we would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, again, uh, mistyksnow.com uh, is where you'll go to help Misty K. Snow in her bid to unseat Mike Lee from the vote U.S. Vote for Senate. her or we'll kick you in the teeth. Get out yeah. and vote. Unless you want to get throat punched, because you know, you know that Jessica is driving to your house right now, looking for you, screaming out your name, just driving down the streets, hoping to throat punch you if you don't look, vote for Mr. Case. Or you, or you can have Mike Lee get reelected and get, um, you know, hype, like get like a metaphorically throat punched. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, you know, I I don't want to tell you who to vote for. I just want to tell you to get out and vote. Yeah, um, it's it's really important. I like to tell you who to vote for. Yeah, don't I'm, be an idiot. Yeah, Josh's pugs, um, or Misty K. Snow, I think is who he would vote for. Um, but get out and vote, and and look up who your candidates are locally. Um, look and see who's running for your local council, who's running for your state congressional districts. Um, those guys are going to make a huge difference uh, in the legislation that goes on here in the state of Utah. And when you get to the national race, the Senate race, uh, when you get to your House of Representatives race and and the uh, the general election for president. Um, you know, vote the way you want. Uh, we certainly encourage you to vote for uh, Misty Snow, obviously. I think we all... Misty Killer Snow. Yeah, Misty Killer Snow. <laughs> it's actually Misty Catherine Snow, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right. You are so unfazable. Hey, I Josh, Josh, say goodnight. Good night, Josh. And now it's time for everyone to get the fuck out of my house. <laughs>